Welcome everyone to the Entertainment Buffet Podcast. I'm your host, Brandon Prosek. We have another very fun guest today, Sandy Lee. Sandy, how you doing? Hi, how are you? Good. Yeah, I'm I'm ready to geek out over saga. I don't oh, know about so you. So ready. So 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 ready. <laughs> awesome. So Today on the podcast, we are talking all about one of the most popular comic books running right now, uh, Saga, written by Brian K. Vaughn and art by Fiona Staples. Uh, This is published by Image Comics, uh, which crazy, I was just looking up uh, about Saga. It's started 10 years ago. (laughs) This is a massive, uh, this is a long-term story that's been going on. But uh, there's going to be spoilers, so if you haven't read Saga or you're worried about stuff, we're, we're probably going to be diving into, you know, the deaths and the twists and the plot turns and such. Um, but yeah, I wanted to do a podcast about this with Sandy because uh, I, I only have a maybe like one or two friends who have actually read this and read the whole first half, and so I was like, I got to talk about it with someone. <laughs> Um, but yeah, before we get started, Sandy, you want to go ahead and tell everyone a little bit about yourself? Sure. Um, my name is Sandy and I'm originally from Chicago, um, born and raised where uh, I did stand up and I'm a tax accountant, but recently moved to Santa California. So now I'm a Cali girl. <laughs> um, <laughs> And yeah, I have a lot of interests, uh, a lot of them nerdy. <laughs> so I've actually been really invested in Saga for a really long time um, and super excited to be here to talk to you about it. Uh, oh, yeah, I'm on Instagram at Hey Sandy Lee. So awesome. Come find me, say hello. <laughs> yeah, give her a follow. Um, yeah, before we jump into Saga, uh, you said you're into things nerdy. So uh, I'm guessing you've been reading comics for quite a while then, huh? Uh, so I actually have <laughs> a few guys that I dated to like thank because they introduced me to graphic novels and I distinctly remember like they would get me like issues of Saga <laughs> and I really that's like one of the reasons that I really love this series too like it's so fun and I would not have been exposed to it if it wasn't for them so very thankful um to them also a lot of reading in general I love reading in general so yeah yeah. are there uh (laughs) other uh comics that uh, or graphic novels you'd say are like your tops that uh you know you'd recommend or ones that like this you just like dove deep into yeah um I really love Monstrous which is like a really dark like broody like series about um, she's like a woman monster that has like a psychic link to the devil, I guess, <laughs> or like another <laughs> monster. So it's kind of like trying to unravel like what's going on. Um, also, like the art is like very like dark and goth and it's really pretty. Um, I also really like Paper Girls and it's about um, four girls. They all have a paper route. And then there's time travel involved. So Ooh. all topics that I'm obsessed with. <laughs> Ooh, I'm a time travel fan. So I may need to pick up paper girls when I. Uh... <laughs> yeah, it's also on Hoopla. So if you are, you know, like to just read on your phone, um, it's on Hoopla. And I really like Snot Girl. <laughs> it's just like influencer whose life is like so messy with like friends and exes and 
frenemies and um, it's really playful, really fun. And I noticed, I think they're all on Image Comics. So <laughs> I obviously <laughs> have a certain set of a, yeah. of a type of series well, that I like. <laughs> no, I mean, one thing I have to say, and, and I'm constantly trying to tell friends who aren't, you know, keeping up with like current graphic novels or stuff that's just been out in the last 20 years, um image uh and and there's other ones it's not just image but that is like the go-to one that i tell people to check out some stuff by them because you know everyone thinks comics they just think superheroes you know they just think people mm -hmm. with powers and while yes marvel dc have been doing that since the early 1900s they're just like you know, TV or movies, there's entire other genres of gra graphic novels. And I think a big reason also I wanted to talk about Saga is because this has to be one of my uh, like top few favorites that I've read so far. And I think it's just like a perfect example on how a totally original idea can be just as engrossing as you know like a star wars or a game of thrones or you know marvel movies whatever mm -hmm. um because it was it really sucked me in and i think that there's been tons of other image books so like i know personal favorites like chew uh also by brian cave why the last man uh the old guard like there's umbrella academy um but yeah there's tons of stuff that aren't superhero marvel dv uh dc stories that are just so addicting and like the twists like the best way i could describe a lot of times these twists in these types of books is when you're watching a tv show and then like someone like dies and you're like oh shit you know <laughs> and it cuts to black and it's like you know see you next week or whatever it's like that's what comics does too to me and i'll be just like reading by myself like my girlfriend will just be like working on something and i'm like oh shit you know <laughs> just to myself yeah and so i, I just want to like, tell more people about that that it does that comics i feel like that and k-dramas also do that too where like if i <laughs> if it's a good k-drama i'm like yelling at the screen or at the page like oh honey no <laughs> don't go don't do it or you're just like screaming oh shit or like oh no this isn't gonna end bad like you're you're so invested and i think that's another thing too like yeah all the comics that i had been introduced to before like i think i've read some other you know superhero kind but the way that the like characters especially like women are written it's not as dynamic it's not as like it's not as fun it doesn't seem as real whereas like this series the way that they build all these characters that are definitely flawed oh yeah not perfect absolutely but, like the world building too is like so engrossing and like you are rooting for them and you know there's people you know that you like hate and you're like ah but then you still love them like there's they feel like very real and so i think that was another aspect of this series that i really love mm -hmm. um that yeah so well <laughs> and i'm sure that you know because i've never been much of a like a book reader myself but i'm sure you know people through book series and franchises have been saying this stuff for years but the main reason that i wanted to highlight it in like 
comics graphic novels is that that there are so many other genres like yes this one is like sci-fi um there are like two is more of a like procedural um but there's also like just bonkers you know why the last man's like an apocalyptic obviously there's the popular one the walking dead which is a zombie story so Mm -hmm. if if you're like oh i'm not into superheroes it's like okay well there are tons of great graphic novels and some of which are a very digestible length. I think that's mm-hmm. something that I don't know about you, but like I look for stuff that like hopefully isn't going to be 400 issues, you know, <laughs> stuff that has, uh, if anything, maybe an end. And so like I know like, okay, you know, two was 60 issues, you know, and mm-hmm. so I know that like as I'm getting to the end, it's like, oh man, stuff's wrapping up and it it feels like a, almost like when you pick up a TV show that's done, uh and you 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 know that like it is gonna end whereas like if you're watching there's a little bow at the end exactly (laughs) whereas like some shows you're like if you pick it up in the first season you're like i could be watching this for the next 10 years yeah i i feel like it can be really overwhelming when there's you know hundreds of episodes and i'm like i don't have time to invest right <laughs> into all of that for also, sure there's no guarantee that the story is gonna be you know at the same pace throughout um, yeah and i think that's a thing that they do so well here like mm-hmm. literally every i read them by volume so at the end of every volume you're just like wait there's no more <laughs> there's no more paycheck for sure yeah i um one last thing i'll say about image uh in regards to that um is image is a company which allows their creators like pretty much create uh creative control and um they own the rights and you know everything so they can decide like, you know what, I want to release this in this many chunks, or like, I want to only make 12 issues of this, whatever it may be. So they, it is easy for them to have a bow because like they, it's the same creative team usually from start to finish. And they don't have to worry about like editors at Marvel and DC be like, oh, that's too much. You know, uh, you don't want to do that. Or you can't do that to that character. It's like, these are their characters, original work, and they could do whatever they want. Um, and so, yeah, I, I also read saga and volumes and though th- those were about like, was it like five, six issues each or something like that? Um, yeah. and so to me, those almost felt like usually like either a half season or like a season of a show mm-hmm. where, yeah. yeah, there's usually a full arc, uh, mm-hmm. also some mini arcs. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, I, I, so I rented them from my local library and I would often, once I got really going, I had to keep renting them in like twos or threes <laughs> until yeah. I was done with all nine because I knew as soon as I was done, I was like, I want to pick up the next one right away. Cause like you said, it ends in a way that's so satisfying, but also maybe a cliffhanger. And it's like, shit, I now I put this one down, get the other one, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know, also, I like feel like I have done some like writing workshops and like when I'm thinking and even just consuming the story as a reader and then you like take a step back and you're like holy shit what this person is writing and the world that they've built in this short amount of time and the Mm -hmm. investment that they've created and the backstories of all these characters that are showing up on the page and it's just like 
wow, what, they're so talented and what they're doing and in their work. And it's just like another level of like, damn, like this is a good story. Yeah, <laughs> in a for cool sure. World. Yeah. So uh, I'll just do like a, a, a tiny intro of like what the story is actually about for Saga. Okay. Um, just so that everyone, uh, if you're interested, please check it out. Uh, the reason that I decided to jump in, one, because I love Brian K. Vaughn's Why the Last Man, but also everyone said, they're like, it's kind of Game of Thrones meets Star Wars, you know? And uh, because the, like it is sci-fi, there is like a war happening, but it's also like sexy and there's like political backstabbings, you know? So it, it, it's like, oh, I see how those two worlds merge together. But uh, yeah, our main characters, which it's going to be weird. I've never said their names like out loud because I've just read them in my head. But yeah. it's uh, Alana and Marco, who they are from basically two opposing species who have been at like this galactic war for years and uh, almost in a Romeo Juliet situation, they fall in love and they're on the run. Uh, they have a child, Hazel, and it's this interesting story because they're able to do so much commentary on war uh and also um you know kind of uh, some stuff touching on the characters wanting to be pacifists um but then they're thrust into violent situations and there's all these supporting characters that i didn't realize started becoming bigger you know like the world kept just like expanding and so a lot of the supporting characters feature like various hitmen or hit people after the main characters or like people they meet along the way or they join along the crew. And yeah, I had no idea when the book first started. I'm like, okay, is this just going to be them on the run the whole time? You know, like, where's this going? And it's like, yes, but also all these other side stories that start developing to where you're like, damn, I didn't know I would start caring about so many characters <laughs> at the same yeah. time. But then also I'm like, that's kind of how it is in real life, right? Like when you're <laughs> living day to day, like you just have a chance meeting and you don't really understand the extent of how well you will get to know them or, you know, whether they become part of your family or whether they're just like um, a person that you meet once and that's it. And so I thought that part was really interesting I think like also the way that they like in my mind I'm like this is like okay if Romeo and Juliet had a family like what would happen mm -hmm. and also like their definitions of love and like what family looks like and the way that they explore that in so many different ways and different situations it's really yeah. beautiful and sad and depressing, but also really amazing. And so I think that's another element to the story that's like fun and like kind of has like rom-com type elements too. Like, yeah, because yeah. like the, the characters, they uh, I I don't know if they say how much time has passed when the when it starts because like the it, it starts with not long after they've had the baby but like they hadn't known each other that long but they were like they knew that they didn't want to fight in 
this this ongoing war between their people that they didn't quite believe in and so there's a lot of like ups and downs where they're like even though that they're like married in their eyes and have a kid they're like still learning a lot about each other and uh just encountering things from their past and it's like oh I didn't tell you about so and so you know (laughs) and I just think it's such an interesting dynamic to have these characters who like they're so in love and they see like you want them to stay together but then they're they're also not like they haven't known each other for a decade I think they knew each other for what like weeks or something before they went on the run like it's it's almost like a uh like a honeymoon phase new relationship energy just like we're gonna run away and and (laughs) (laughs) yeah face the world together (laughs) it's like a Romeo and Juliet like shotgun wedding type vibe like well uh I guess we're on the run together right I I guess (laughs) and then they're like oh I guess we're having a kid (laughs) yeah but then like the meaning behind this child is like like the significance of this child I think that also is like kind of an element of like and kind of almost like religious level like the significance of this child existing representing like the harmony and the possibility of two people from different worlds like Mm-hmm. being together and like it's like a symbol of their love like that alone is so beautiful but then it's like oh but the whole world is not ready for that and is not prepared for that and is willing to extinguish it at any cost well like, yeah and so like that's the thing when when we mean a galactic war like it's not just like oh their planet and they got to get off their planet it's like no the entire like universe it's like everyone has a side you're either with like the wreath or like landfall and you know it's very distinctive that like people from landfall and alana like they have wings and then you know marco and their people they have horns and so uh the fact that like you said like their child what the symbol means is like she kind of has wings and horns and it's just like what like that's even so like the the fact that like all these hit people coming after them it's like their two planets like governments are like we don't want the word getting out that like this is possible you know like we don't we got to snuff this out so people don't think that this is an option yeah right (laughs) you know and it's like i think there's even before people meet the child that they they're like can your species even like do that you know like like, they've been brainwashed yeah (laughs) So yeah. I think that that's such an interesting element that it's it's not just, oh, they got to get away from, you know, like if this was an earth, it's like, oh, we're in the United States and we got to get to Europe. It's like, no, like they go to almost any planet, any moon, wherever, and someone has an allegiance to one side or the other mm-hmm. and both sides want them dead <laughs> mm-hmm. and they want that child. And so it's uh, it's literally like the highest of stakes um but yeah and you get we get to see so many different worlds um but as we were saying with all the supporting characters who stuck out to you because I know you just recently reread um which I should specify uh, if you're curious how long uh saga is is right now um well for years they had the first 54 issues which is what Brian K. Vaughn's calling the first half 
um, have been out, uh, or you can read it in like nine volumes. Um, but they just recently, in January of 2022, started releasing, uh, I think it was issue 55, and he's going to start the next half. Um, so you have time to catch up. Like it's, <laughs> um, time it is now. It takes a while, but you have time. It's worth the ride. As it someone is, who just yeah. read it, you know, this fall, it is, it is worth the ride. But um, I was going to ask, yeah, so what supporting characters, whether it was your first time reading or now this rereading, did you have favorites or they stuck out to you? Um, yeah, I think so. Major spoilers, but <laughs> <laughs> I feel like Robot Prince 4 and Petrichor, this reading of it, I was like, oh my gosh, the struggles that their individual characters are going through and how they're interacting with all of the main core family members but then also they're still figuring out their own identity and how that relates with their core values but then also like you know their actual relationship day-to-day -day with all of the characters was really interesting this read <laughs> i feel like before i like i was like oh yeah they're great but then i think this time i was like oh these are like core elements of the story and like not only push the main characters to challenge them and how they define family but also like really bring up like heavy issues <laughs> yeah of uh you know robot prince for like he's obviously royalty so there's expectations and you know it starts off as he's just trying to be a family man and he can't yeah, everything well, is keeping him from being a family man and that's like, what's yeah it's so interesting with uh prince robot that he um that yeah he is royalty he's a prince yet he's sent on this mission to you know, he's a lackey. <laughs> yeah, he's pretty much a lackey. He gets sent out to be a hitman. Um, and then is pretty much said, like, hey, well, if you don't do this, you, your dad says you may as well not come home. Uh and and then I don't know when it was exactly in the arc, but like somewhere along the line, like he joins the crew, you know, in like kind of like a mutual, like we're on the run. And uh, it's almost like strength in numbers type thing, because like originally he was sent to kill them. But then once he's uh, like ostracized and like exiled and like banished, he he's like, all right, well, I'm just going to take my son and <laughs> just think, mm -hmm. go on the run with them. I feel like he when he, I don't know, he was kind of out of it when his son was born. Right. So then now. Like he wanted this family for such a long time, but then like he was injured, like he like kind of had amnesia, like he didn't even know he had a son. And then like, you know, the, the princess, I think was murdered, the son kidnapped. Oh my God, that now... moment I had to like keep looking at the page. Like, is this like a dream <gasps> sequence? <laughs> Yeah. I'm like, I'm like, wait, like, you know, is this one of those things where it's like the character like wakes up like, oh, oh that was freaky. Good thing that didn't happen. And I was like, no, that's, that's happening. The princess yeah. is dead. Holy shit. 
yeah and then it's like okay so this person all he wants is his family and like at every single turn like you know his son is kidnapped like his son is kidnapped again <laughs> so <laughs> yeah. now it's like okay this family's on the run and like he's kind of like the parallel right like he's trying to track the son down or like so like the love of their family is very similar but the end goal is a little bit different in that you know alana and marco are trying to keep their family together whereas like prince robot for like he's on the chase like he's yeah. trying to track him down and like trying to retain whatever he can um of his family that's left and then yeah. with yeah oh go ahead oh and then with like petrichor i feel like i think when i first read it i was like oh this person is like so badass um they're a trans character in this series and the way that she interacts with everyone is like very like gruff and like very tough but then also like so tender like in the moments in these like heart to hearts i feel like she has the most heart to hearts with other people than other characters in the series and i feel like there are these like clear moments of oh she really cares but she's been hurt so many times it's like you could just see it right like yeah obviously she's been hurt so many times that like she's trying not to care but she cares so deeply <laughs> yeah like, i like what stuck out to me like you said about her uh character is it finding a, a like a sci-fi way to have a trans character um but it's related to the main uh the main couple's child hazel um because you know she's she's young and so she's asking a lot of questions like she because she's you know she like doesn't really have an education she's born into being on the run and i'm she's sure just <laughs> yeah like exactly she's homeschooled she and so like she like asks uh is it petrichor is that how you because i've never said I it out loud yet <laughs> i don't i think it's petrichor that's how i petrichor i don't know that's yeah. how i hear it that my... sounds right but <laughs> um but like there's this scene in particular that it, probably one of the more striking scenes of the entire first 54 issues is hazel asking petrichor like wait are you a boy or a girl you know you have different parts and like i'm sure that at first it can sound like bad uh and probably not exactly trans friendly but then it's like wait she's a child she's wanting to learn and also she's like well it's kind of like how i have wings from my like my mommy but i have horns like my daddy you know it's like oh well so she she doesn't understand and also she may be like the first of her kind ever and so she uh is like asking about this to relate to like the duality of it and and trying to understand herself and so i think yeah when petrichor was first like uh, you, you don't get to ask me you, you know that's that's a rude thing to ask someone you know and she's like oh well you know she's a child she's what like five you know she's <laughs> just yeah. um yeah so i think that 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 scene always stuck out to me is like wow uh what a way to um i don't know show you a different side of hazel's character because she's not interacting with her parents but interacting with like other sort of like 
I don't want to say parental figures necessarily. Other adults, but yeah. Yeah, exactly. Other adults. Because also she doesn't really get to have friends that often. Mm-hmm. <laughs> She's Like they're never in one spot long enough. Yeah. That she has friends or, you know, people to ask. And I think that was another thing too. Yeah, it's like, it's kind of a question of like identity or, you know, how do you not, what's placed on you but how do you define yourself and who you are and what's true to you and so um i think it's amazing that you know she has this person around that you know is it's not about what other people say it's you know how do you define it and you know figuring out who you are and being fully that version of you I think that's so beautiful and like yeah the conversations that that character has is like really eye-opening and also it's like there's so much to learn (laughs) (laughs) right it's like you didn't think in this like space opera action thing that there'd be such heavy topics but also topics covered in such a respectable way and the way that they discuss abortion, the way that they discuss like reproductive rights, the way that they discuss like a lot of really heavy like like rights issues, like prison, war, like government, like they're, these really heavy, tough issues. Yeah, which I mean, the entire thing of like the two species going after each other, it's like there's a lot of like that could be related to race issues and <laughs> just yeah. uh, j- just discrimination. And yeah, it's, it's a, the reason why I think it is one of my favorites is because it is able to handle all these topics. And I, I don't think in a way that, I'm sure that some comic books, even 10 years ago, like this one, were probably like, that doesn't age well, you know? Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> but reading that in like a 2021, you know, eyes, uh, I was like, oh, wow, this this feels relevant and current still. <laughs> yeah, which is kind of sad because it's like, oh, these issues have been around for such a long time and nothing has changed. <laughs> right, yeah, <laughs> which... You know, it's one thing with like some of the, you know, like we said with superhero comics, they could be really iffy on like, you know, sexism or racial things or, you know, uh, there could be stereotypes of like, oh, this villain from this other country talks like this and looks like this. And it's like, God, this feels weird to read. But like this one, just so respectful. And like, there's often times where it's like a page where, yeah, they'll do like some commentary on war and it's like, fuck, that hits, you know? (laughs) It's heavy, it's heavy shit. Yeah, Yeah. but it's also funny. And it's also uh, like lots of sex scenes, (laughs) some weird sex scenes. Also, they're like surprise sex scenes. (laughs) Right, it's like you flip a page and like, I think that's how you're introduced to Prince Robot is him and the princess uh having sex and I'm like who is this what is happening (laughs) like wait a second (laughs) but isn't that like oh isn't it uh called in media res or something when you like start off like you're in the action like you're literally in the action (laughs) yeah you start off in the action like mid-action 
Yeah, um, just introduce a character where they're, you know, they're going at it and, you know, we'll yeah. do exposition later. <laughs> that also leads to the second point. I think every single character in this series is like attractive. <laughs> <laughs> every single last one. I'm like, how? How is everyone so beautiful? And how, how is, is the lady who's like a spider but also has tits, you know? <laughs> I know. I was like, how? <laughs> like, that would be terrifying. But also, they make that character is so sexy and appealing and like very scary. <laughs> Sandy's <laughs> very like, terrifying. I don't know who I'm attracted to anymore. <laughs> it's very confusing. <laughs> Sandy has zero types now. Like, <laughs> uh, she's I'm like she's like a model, tarantula, lot of eyes, covered yeah. in like a black vintage couture gown. <laughs> So sure. like Rihanna, but a spider <laughs> with yeah. like lots of eyes and legs and boobs. So it's very confusing, <laughs> but literally every single character and like just, I think it's also like kind of interesting that um, there's like this parallel of like the family, right? That's on the run, but the freelancers too, mm. that's all one family. Like yeah. all of the freelancers are related and or like well, know yeah. one another and or connected. It's very incestuous so, too. <laughs> so a character we haven't talked about yet, uh, which I'm really curious what you think of him, uh, the will. Um, uh-huh. the will is the other main very hot. hit person. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> the Still other main uh, <laughs> the other main hit person that we're introduced to with Prince Robot and That was one of the first, you know, characters colliding where Prince Robot runs into the Will's girlfriend, who's also a hit person. The Mm stock. Yeah, the stock. I couldn't Mm -hmm. remember uh, her name. And the Spider Woman. Uh Yeah, Robot kills the stock. And I was just like, oh shit, like that is, that's going to come back to bite someday. And, you know, many issues later, it eventually does, but it just, that's what's so crazy about it is we're waiting for them to interact with the main characters, but little do we know that like, oh, well, that character is going to branch out to here and then they're going to go on this side quest and then they're going to run into this character. You know, it's, mm-hmm. <laughs> I love how he plays with like uh, Brian Kevon writes the different characters interactions, you know, the different characters running into each other. Uh one of my yep. favorite characters, I don't know if I'm saying his name, it's either Gus or Goose. Yeah, I uh, love Goose. <laughs> Goose. I want to get... I, I say Goose. The... <laughs> yeah, but... I think he is a plushie and I want to get it at some point. He's just adorable. Just like this little, like, what, what would you even call him? Like a like a seal with like, hands and I legs. He's, yeah, he's like, a, <laughs> he's like a seal that kind of is more shaped like a gopher or like a penguin yeah but like also very good with weapons very sassy <laughs> very so sassy, sassy. <laughs> um, but like so cute like adorably cute yeah yeah um uh also i was gonna ask you about okay. don't you like i think it's interesting that like the wills like all of the freelancers are like very incestuous and in that if you do like the tree of like how they're all related like the will is with the stock but then the new girl 
Gwendolyn is Marco's ex. Yeah. And then he also saves, you know, Sophie from the sex worker planet, like from trafficking. Uh huh. But then, like, Sophie, like, when given the opportunity to choose between the Will and Gwendolyn, like, Sophie chooses Gwendolyn, right? Yeah. And also, like, Lion Cat, which is the Will's sidekick. Yeah. Also chooses Gwendolyn and Sophie. So, like, his, well, and then his family sister, who's actually named Sophie, who's, like, the original Sophie. Yeah. A.K.A. the brand. Also, like, dies, like, trying to save. Save the Will. (laughs) Yeah, and Sophie. So, like, it's, like, literally everyone that he loves and or cares about and or is messy exes with (laughs) is either getting murdered or killed by each other or other people and then like it's it's such like a sad story and like he's this like tough bounty hunter but like but like also if you really think about you know hit the people around him like they choose other people and or they're getting murdered and or you know he's trying to build his own family but it's not working yeah (laughs) so like that is also like such a good story to like sink your teeth into too like he's trying to kill this family but he can't keep his family alive yeah the the will i think is such a I, i i feel it could be such a uh what's the word not controversial character but uh a character that can really be loved or hated um because of like the arc he goes on because yeah he um it seems like him and Gwendolyn kind of fall for each other which that felt like it's like oh that must have happened like off panel you you know what I mean like they're they're uh chemistry building but um he gets injured and then, like you said, the brand and Gwendolyn and Sophie go on this adventure to get a thing to heal him. Um, but in doing so, the brand, aka original Sophie, gets killed. And then the will lashes out on Gwendolyn and Sophie, kind of like, fuck you for saving me. You know, like, why would you do that? Like, my sister d- deserves to be alive more than I do. Mm-hmm. um and yeah it's it makes you wonder because like yeah they at that point that's where people choose sides and they split off and it's like wow is are they ever going to come back together uh, and then that's where you know at the end of this uh first half when they he finally interacts with <laughs> the main family again it's like man when was the last time the will was near Marco and Elaine? <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. yeah. it felt like forever ago. It felt like he's just like, you know, the, the sideshow with the will, you know, <laughs> and his crew uh, with their misadventures. But also I feel like it's bad juju. Like you're trying to kill this family and at what cost? Like you had to give up your family, your sister, everyone that you love in order to try to break up this other family yeah that's just karma karma's (laughs) coming back (laughs) yeah um one thing that they also uh i'm forgetting i'm pull up the name of the characters uh 
Upshur and Doff are um, like these tabloid journalist and photographer uh, couple uh, who kind of come in and out of the series, um, which I thought was an interesting perspective because like they want to get the word out about the fact that there is a child uh, between someone from Reef and someone from Landfall. Uh, and they're kind of like sidetracked for a while and then eventually they're, they're brought back and I don't know I think the idea of having like these this this gay alien couple duo uh, going across the galaxy trying to like get the word out I was just like I feel like that is very relevant that there's secrets always being covered up by governments and there's people uh, going on these adventures trying to <laughs> tell the truth yeah I think also I thought of it as like, okay, their love is under misunderstood all the time and they're discriminated against all the time. And like for them, maybe it was like, see, Hazel exists. Like yeah. a symbol of this impossible love exists. <laughs> so like, why can't you accept I wonder if that's why they were so invested in this story too, because like they saw themselves in the story. Like their love is this impossible love where they keep having to like leave whatever planet that they're on because they're not accepted and their relationship is not accepted anywhere. Um, and even when they're planet hopping, it's still not accepted. And right. they're still, <laughs> yeah, they're still like persecuted against and so like i wonder if i saw it as oh the story of um hazel and her family is this like bright light like this is possible this is like mm -hmm. it's in the world and so why can't we also why can't our love be accepted too yeah i don't know also they're journalists so you know, I get it. I love gossiping. I love secrets. <laughs> I get it. <laughs> Spill your guts. <laughs> yeah. So we talked about a lot of the supporting characters. So let's talk about the, like the main few characters with Marco, Elena, and, you know, we talked a little bit about Hazel. So what did you think of like their journey so far with these characters? Cause like I found marco's especially compelling um because well both of them talked about being you know like conscientious uh i can never say that word conscientious objectors you know what i'm saying like conscientious they conscientious objectors, yeah. <laughs> objectors yeah. and they don't want to fight in this war uh from uh, of each of their people and um they also don't want to use violence in any way but like, I feel like Marco especially struggles with that because he wants to fully be a pacifist and he was apparently like a, they were both soldiers. Like he was, I think, uh, like, you know, they, they had both in war killed many of each other's people. And it's like this series constantly wants to put him in situations where he has to, it's like, well, are, are you go really the say no to violence when you need to do this to protect your family or you need to get this uh, to save your kidnapped child? And mm -hmm. I don't know, what did you think about like this, this struggle that Marco has been dealing with, with violence and, you know, pacifism? I think that 
I think the moments where it's obviously like very heavy and a hard decision is like it's rooted in his family dynamics and like in memories and in the flashbacks that he has where he's a child and you know he's with his parents and like the role of violence and war that has been it is like the foundation of their history right like in his background in his past in his history violence was like a very violence and war and being a warrior was like it that's how they feel pride in their family they're a family of warriors like they fight like that's and like so I think the fact that he's having to battle that within himself like I think that's a pretty human thing like you always fight something that you don't want to be part of your identity and whether or not that really aligns with the values that you want to hold but in order to do that you have to accept that that's a part of you right so I think that that's a very real thing he doesn't want to be violent. He doesn't want to engage in violence. But in order for him to uphold his family in this situation, there's no other choice. Yeah. <laughs> there's I... literally no other choice. So I think if he didn't resist it as much, if he just accepted, okay, in certain situations, I will do whatever I can, no matter what, to protect my family. And if he accepted it, maybe it wouldn't be that difficult of a choice for him. Yeah. Well, one one character kind of reminded me of. Uh, uh, were Were you a Game of Thrones fan at all? Like yes and no. Like I. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so like I watched. I take Sandy hated Game of Thrones. <laughs> no, I've watched a few seasons, but I watched them with someone that I was dating at the time. So then, like, when we broke up, I just stopped watching it, right? But then, like, I we knew gotta, what we, was going on. Sandy, we got to watch it together. You got to, <laughs> or you got to give it another <laughs> chance. But I knew what was going on because, like, everyone was always talking about it. So I would probably just, like, read the recap and be like, all right, like, but not watch it. So I know what happens. I know what's going on, but I didn't watch it at all. Well, Marco, you know, because it seems like, yeah, like you said, he comes from a family of warriors and it seemed like he was particularly like good as a soldier. Uh, it reminded me of the Jon Snow character. There's a comment that he makes in the later seasons because, you know, Jon Snow is a, a big, uh, great fighter and he survives a lot of different battles and sword fights. And I think there's a comment that someone makes where it's just like, oh, well, we all love like what we're good at and like Jon Snow basically in not so many words makes a comment just like oh, I don't love what I'm good at because like he implies like he doesn't love that he's good at killing you know <laughs> and I think I mean, that that's, that's something yeah, yeah I think that's something that Marco struggles with and is like it's like I'm good at this thing but I hate that I'm good at this thing <laughs> yeah because it brings so much pain to other people but then also it's like, it. I mean, what's the other choice? Right. You just let them kidnap your family and kill you and or experiment with you and your family. Like, 
what's the other choice like there's right? no other choice so. it's like if you guys were just normal citizens then yeah i'm sure you could find a way to to avoid violence but when when you're literally all fugitives <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like sure there's a difference between like outright attacking people just for like the fun of it and like you said like well if i don't do this thing they're gonna take my daughter you know <laughs> i think that's like the writer made such a an amazing choice right because if marco did love killing it wouldn't be there wouldn't be as much drama or conflict because sure. he's just gonna hack through whoever gets in the way. But like because you know he's battling that within himself, there it adds more drama. It adds more like obstacle. So I mean, I I think it's on purpose. And, oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so what um. Was there anything either you related to with Marco or you just uh, that stuck out to you about the, uh, about his character? Um, I just kind of like pictured him as kind of like a kind of like an emo, like a, like a sad guy. Do you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> he's like a very like emo sad guy. I like envisioned him like in a, in a movie, like it was John Cho, right? Like I just picture John Cho playing him and like he's just, like kind of like emo broody like sad or Keanu Reeves even like a emo sad like broody guy who's <laughs> like going through a lot of like thoughts and feelings like inside. Wow, um, I want to hear more of Sandy's fan casting. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we're, we're gonna to, oh yeah. <laughs> Keanu Reeves and John Cho for Marco. Oh boy. <laughs> just like kind of like always broody like always thinking always feeling even though it's not but it sometimes doesn't come out exactly the best but like under the surface constant brooding um, <laughs> yeah that's kind of how i pictured him um also like i don't know he like i i the part that i really really like is like they have this uh like ode to like rom-coms where they like show the the meat cute of him and alana and like it's just them reading a book together <laughs> like if yeah. you boil it down like he's assigned to do hard labor and they just start reading yeah he's a, a prisoner together. of war and she's a guard and they start reading a romance novel essentially yeah and like <laughs> I think the first time that they meet, like she like headbutts them with her rifle. Like that's how they meet. That's and yeah. like, you know, like he I think that's really cute because I feel like in character their personalities are like very complimentary, right? Like he's like very kind of like thoughtful, broody, and she's badass, like kicking ass all the time, very tough. You can yeah. just tell from the way she looks, she's like, doesn't take any nonsense, like green hair, like <laughs> she's kicking ass everywhere. So <laughs> yeah, which, so uh, we talked about Marco. So what, what are your thoughts on, I, I'm not sure if it's Alana or Elena. I don't know what you say, but. I say Alana. That's in my brain. That's how I hear Alana. 
Um, I pictured Stephanie Beatrice. Okay. Yeah. And she, yeah. But I also, I think, like, I love rom-coms. So I love that she's also this, like, very tough, like, you know, badass woman. But then also, like, she's a big softie, too. <laughs> like, yeah. Who's reading rom-coms to their prisoner of war? Right. And <laughs> on, then. On the job. <laughs> and then they meet the author. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, they're fangirling so hard. They, like, right. They track them down, like um but I think that's kind of like really nerdy and like really cute and also it's like kind of funny how they like interact with one another too like they're kind of always like butting heads a little bit um but I mean the lengths that they go for each other is limitless but also it's not like explicitly said right like it's through their action that they're literally going to the end of the universe to be together like yeah that's really beautiful what one thing that i i thought was really interesting with her character that like i i it was very divisive and i was very much it it like i don't want to say villainized her character but i was very frustrated with her character is like she does have an arc where she kind of gets addicted to drugs um because like they're kind of hiding out on a planet and she gets like a basically a job uh as an actress on like uh, tv which it's like you like think a public would be, access type yeah of. <laughs> like soap opera soap. like the worst like well, well it seems like the worst idea because she's just broadcasting her face even though she's wanted but then they're like is that almost like a perfect way to hide is in plain sight but yeah they go through this arc where like yeah she's really struggling because she you know <laughs> has never wanted to be like an actress and so she like they allude to her in the beginning her sucking at acting and the one character gives her drugs they're kind of like oh this is what makes everyone else a bad, better actor <laughs> and um yeah it, it really leads to like a big fight between the two of them and I don't know I, I, I don't want to say I chose sides but like there's one line where like Marco after like he finds out that she's been on drugs this whole time is just like wait were you ever on drugs in front of our daughter and uh it eventually gets turned into a different conversation but I was I was very much like almost on Marco's side that I'm like ah that may be a big like boundary crossing moment uh for me with Alana that like it it just it's not that I hate her character now, but in that moment, it's like, man, you're really making me want to choose sides in this this couple fight. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's just Sandy over here. <laughs> I don't know. I feel like, but I empathize with Alana so much because, okay, your family's on the run. You're the only one working. You're literally supporting your family. There's no escape. <laughs> You work and you have to pretend like you're not you. Yeah. You can't go anywhere. You're on lockdown. All you see is your family. Like, that's it. And yeah. there's nowhere to go. There's nowhere to escape to. And so then, like, I was like, okay, when she's doing drugs, like, this is her escape. This is all she has. 
Yeah, well, and that's the thing. That's why I struggled. I'm like, it makes sense (laughs) given their circumstance. I think it's also challenging because it's like, I think it's challenging this idea of like gender roles too, right? Like she's the breadwinner. And what happens to the dynamic of this family when, you know, the woman is the breadwinner and like, what does that look like? And what kind of conflicts arise? I think that's an interesting thought because some people are not ready to consider that or what that means. No. And also it's like, it's a lot of pressure. Like she has so much pressure on just her. Everyone else is kind of like in hiding mode. So they just kind of do whatever. Oh, I gotta say when Marco was, um, seeing Jenny, the dance teacher I would just like scream at the page I'm like Marco you better not do not fuck this up don't do it you, know, you <laughs> no. thought he was gonna cheat yeah I'm like don't do it <laughs> no but he didn't he did not he didn't but also it's just because like I think he was on the path <laughs> he was on the road the only reason he didn't was because he saw um, Hazel's toy and then like it came like flooding back. But if he didn't see Hazel's toy, I don't know. Yeah. Well, it's 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 something that because they're a couple that like they got together, all of a sudden they're on a run having a kid and like they're just on the run so much. It's like they never really got to you know get to know each other better and like see if they're even a right fit for one another you know but then uh like they have a great like physical chemistry and they have similar beliefs but um you know when they finally get to kind of camp out and almost like play house on a planet for a bit and that's where all of a sudden you know she's struggling with drugs they're drifting apart he's you know spending time with someone else because yeah they they both don't have like true friendships or connections. It's just their family. Um, and yeah, it's 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 very interesting um, when we get to see kind of that arc where it's like, oh, well, what's it like when they're not on the run? And it's like, oh, well, there's still chaos. <laughs> um, also, I was like, there's kind of a layer, like a layer or like a parallel to, you know, people that, started relationships in the lockdown the last two years right because it's like you have nowhere to go <laughs> you're yeah. with them you trauma bonding them. trauma <laughs> bonding is big and there's there's no other rooms it's just you and the other person you can't go anywhere yeah. you don't have any friends to see like if you're on the phone they can hear everything that you're saying like there's no boundaries it's yeah and then well, it's like okay if you just met someone and then we're stuck in a room with them for that long of a time like oh shit is gonna come up (laughs) yeah and then there's nowhere to run so of course you're gonna take drugs to escape I mean I didn't really think of it as like villainizing in fact I thought it was more like humanizing like she's a real person and things started to get heavy and they're you know, people, some people are runners, right? When things get tough, you just escape and run and yeah. <laughs> ghost and disappear. But she has no way to do that. So yeah. 
like she, but she's done that before it seemed like like mm-hmm. if when it went back into like her history and her background like her stepmom is like her friend there's someone she went to school with and then became her stepmom and kind of made her life not so fun anymore yeah home life not so fun anymore and then like she ran away and then like you know she ran away again from her post as a prison guard so she's used to running but then where do you go when there's nowhere else to run yeah <laughs> and you can't run yeah so that so, yeah, is interesting so um i guess before we kind of talk about like where we left off in this first half um were there any other big moments or arcs that were you know especially your favorite or you wanted to talk about i really like gwendolyn yeah Uh, she's a character that you know you can never tell sometimes if a character is just going to be around for a short bit or if they're going to stay around for a while and i did not expect her to stay uh, become like a full-on you know, reoccurring supporting character. Yeah, I pictured her as like um, Lupita Nyong'o. And I I also was very, very obsessed with Lion Cat. Oh, Lion Cat. <laughs> like Lion Cat, <laughs> just, a, just a character that just calls you out on your bullshit, whether you like it or not. Yes. So which, that's my job, my ideal job. Like if someone paid me to do that all day, that yeah. would be so fun. <laughs> Lion Cat is a Funko I want to get so bad. <laughs> uh, if you couldn't tell, uh, Funko Collection. But yeah, Lion Cat, <laughs> I love that all the Lion Cat's powers are is if someone says something that they're lying, the, the cat just goes lying. And <laughs> then if they tell the truth, they just... Yeah, and then... Just to... Just to <laughs> amorphosize? Yeah. I forget what the word is. Um, just a bullshit detector. <laughs> exactly. In um, cat form. <laughs> well, and, and that's what makes it funny for the moments where like someone says something and it may be like either emotional or whatever, and you're not sure if it's a lie. And they like look to the cat and like the cat doesn't say anything. And it's just like, oh shit, you know, that's real, you know. <laughs> but also I feel like it's such a commentary on how much we lie day to day like even our little white lies that we say to strangers random people people that will never see again family like it I think it's so funny (laughs) because you know just the one word lying it's just I don't know I feel like it's really funny and like just really makes you think okay well how much of that can you really incorporate into your life like how could you be more truthful day to day I think it was a really interesting question for me perfect uh just like the perfect sidekick for a hip person (laughs) (laughs) well I was thinking about that I was like okay he's a bounty hunter so like you're basically like tracking people down right yeah and you're interrogating people yeah get information like that would be such a good sidekick yeah (laughs) for sure if you need to hire me (laughs) that's what i get call me for rates 
Uh. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god yeah i so we got to talk about where things left off at uh at the end of uh the first 54 issues we finally get a convergence of characters where the wills character uh the will is kind of dealing with i can't remember the other bounty hunters uh or no it wasn't a bounty hunter uh the one that had the revenge weird, the revenge yeah. lover yeah it was the like, lover oh. seeking revenge yeah right? it's like oh you killed my so-and-so and um i couldn't get invested in that character right like but... i don't know if it was the design or like i don't know I think it was like, okay, we got a little bit of a reason of why they're there, but then it didn't feel like there was enough to like keep me invested for all of the shit that they did. Well, <laughs> they right. were doing way too much. And I was like, I get it, but also. Like, I feel like most of the characters went sometimes, like, for example, like, I feel like there's a lot of times where you would hate Prince Robot for like a certain thing, but then he would do something. It's like, oh, well, now I know why he did that, you know, or like you see his point of view, but like that character who was on Revenge Against the Will, it was like, yeah, there's like almost no redeeming qualities. And yeah. like, yes, I get it. They lost like the person that they love to the will. It's not that I should be rooting against them, but also feels like you're doing a lot worse than what happened to you. You know, right. like you're, you're like, like torturing too him. Much. And, Just yeah. kill him and call it a day. Oh, right. <laughs> like, um, so, but yeah, so those characters finally converge with Marco, Elena, Hazel, Prince Robot. And first there's a showdown between Prince Robot and the will where spoiler oh my god the will kills prince robot for so, murdering what's that for, for murdering his ex yeah yeah something that i feel like i don't know if it was in the first volume it was in like one of like the first couple right where the stock was killed like it yeah. was an early the twist first one. but let's just say like imagine something happening in like i don't know season one or two of a show and then all of a sudden by like season five six like finally that person gets like the revenge but now you've gone on this whole journey of liking the person <laughs> that you originally hated it, it and it just yeah man that was I knew that like one of those two characters had to die at some point between like that dynamic being set up but it was it was still done in a shocking way mm -hmm. um, and like also it's like they're both the same person <laughs> Like they're both just trying to keep their family together and got caught up. It was the first volume. So the first volume is when Robot Prince 4 murders the stock. Wow. So it's also funny because, you know, the lengths that the will goes to avenge his lover's death is kind of the same as the length Ianthi or Ianthi, who's like the blackmailing person, revenge lover, mm -hmm. goes to avenge her. I think it's her lover's death. Yeah. Um. But I think maybe it's because you know we don't see the investment on Ianthi's side that maybe that's why we're not on her side. Yeah. Well, and yeah. also because while they like 
haven't been around to to develop their character at all it's like yeah we've been through all this journey with the will and kind of a redeeming thing is how the will saves sophie from the sex worker planet and it was just like yeah um and because she's like what nine like she's like a just straight up child and so someone who is a hitman and is going after our main couple is given this very redeeming thing to where now we like him but Mm -hmm. then you know he has killed people so then you're following this other person going uh torturing the will and then yeah that showdown with the will and and robot i was like ah i don't know who i'm mad at like in this situation (laughs) it's like a bit of both with both of them (laughs) yeah well i think also it's like okay the will doesn't know i i think it's kind of like that like ricochet effect right like the interactions that we have people with that we have with people can affect like third parties that we've never met or don't know yeah don't know exists and like everyone has history and everyone is both good and bad right yeah everyone has an angel and a villain so like you said they uh you, you hit it on the head that prince robot and the will like are the same like they both lost they both of their you know wives or girlfriends were murdered yeah um and while there have been trying to handle this mission with the main family and robot kind of has more of a redemption whereas the will kind of i think started with the redemption but now i think to some people can just be seen as the like a villain i mean i also think though that robot prince four like he also had a turning point moment when he was face to face with dango who is this like so in the in the robot kingdom like you, robot prince four is like the newest edition of technology and Django is like the commoner class or like the lower class like black and white version of tv monitor um and so he had an opportunity to you know save Django's life and spare his life but he chose not to so i think it's like okay if you think about it just come full circle like yes yeah robot prince 4 has had opportunities to grow and all that but you know when he was in that same position he took lives every single time so yeah you know it would be unrealistic or unfair to expect the will to behave differently yeah God damn, the story's so good. So good. <laughs> like every time I read it, I'm like, dang it, I missed that the first time, second yeah, time, whatever well, and, time. And this yeah. is why I wanted to talk about it with someone because it's like, yeah, wow, their characters are, it's like they have the same sort of arcs, but sort of colliding, but then also uh in different orders. And so yeah, it's that that's why it's I think that that this is something why I there are some television shows in particular that I struggle with because, um, and I'll just use this as an example. I'm not sure if you've seen the show Dexter, um, but like Dexter was a show where I was like, I am interested in what Dexter's up to, but most of the supporting characters, I couldn't give 
less of a shit, you know, or it's like, mm-hmm. maybe they have a good story, but then I'm like, what are they doing now? Those two mm-hmm. are dating. What's happening? You know, like I, I was like, count down until Dexter's back on screen, you know, cause his story was always compelling. And so I think that can be related to a lot of TV shows and probably other comics or books where the supporting characters aren't as compelling as the main characters. Cause they're just support. But I think Prince Robot, The Will, a lot of saga supporting characters, you can love just as much as the main characters, or you can hate them just as much, Mm -hmm. or they're given very compelling stories and arcs to where it's like, wow, I am thoroughly entertained. Like, I think pretty much by everyone except for uh the one revenge story uh yeah, uh, what's their name I yeah, yeah. or something yeah yeah besides the them, revenge blackmailer uh-huh yeah with the bes- cone face <laughs> yeah with the cone fa- like besides them um maybe and it's probably because they had the least amount of time in comparison to all of our other characters but even like the brand when like the brand was all of a sudden like around for like a a, a novel mm-hmm. or two and it's like okay i'm interested and then you know it makes her death more tragic uh so yeah it's something that i think is so thrilling about saga is when they cut to like the will doing this i'm not like when are we going to get back to marco and elena it's like oh what's the will up to (laughs) yeah i just am like thinking of like you know like when when i've had to write things and i've had to do like character maps and when i've had to like map out a story and I'm just picturing like the board, right? <laughs> that they that Brian Gavon had to use to like map all of it and how everything connects and you know how who's related to who and who's doing this and where's the story going now and yeah. how is it all connecting? And like I just imagine that all on the web with the strings on the map and it's just so (laughs) beautiful and i think that's like a just another opportunity to say damn this world is so cool and so fun and right so detailed and like really so much thought put into every single character that even shows up on a page anywhere like even like the throwaway characters like goose like he doesn't do that much, but no, like, I, but I love him. <laughs> he's so adorable and so badass all at the same time. Like he has yeah. a character map too, like well thought out character map. Like it's so interesting and beautiful how they fit all of that. Yeah. Yeah. So the other big oh shit moment was mm-hmm. right after uh, Robot is killed uh marco has a confrontation with the will um to try to buy time for you know his family to get away and it's kind of alluded to like you know marco gets like stabbed and yeah like i don't know uh do you and i haven't read issue 55 so if anyone's read that they probably know what's going on but when 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 it had that cliffhanger and you weren't sure when the series was going to come back like did you think that he died like do you think that he was like close to it like what what i don't know what'd you think i was like oh shit that would be a huge twist in this series (laughs) to take away one of the main few characters i 
I was like, part of me was like, okay, this is like a romantic story. Like at the heart of it, it's kind of a rom-com, right? With him and Balana. And like, I was thinking about the deaths of the other characters in the story. Like for example, Marco's dad, or the departure of Marco's mom in the storyline it's usually very abrupt. So I didn't think that that was out of the ordinary. Mm. But when it came to the core, it seems like there's always a misdirect, right? Like, sure. like I remember when I was rereading it and then Hazel's like, oh yeah, that's when my parents split up at the end of book, I forget what book it is, in the earlier ones. And then I just remember rereading it. I'm like, wait a second, I don't remember what happened. Are they like never gonna be destined to be together ever again? Yeah. But then it's like a over-exaggerated misdirect, right? Like, yes, they split up, but then they see each other again. And yes, Marco does have a huge gaping hole in his chest at the end of book nine, but part of me was like, but I have hope. I <laughs> feel like, he's magical he knows spells and shit yeah. like like he has a whole family that's looking for him like maybe there's a way to bring him back to life or you know who knows i don't know what's gonna happen this next issue but part of me is hopeful that you know it's not the end for marco and that um maybe there's a way that he's still alive but yeah. but in the the last page like he does have like a huge black hole like gaping hole in his chest so yeah it does I, look bad i agree that yeah there's a lot of deaths that are very abrupt um mm -hmm. and shocking um but yeah I, I have a feeling that yeah there'll be some magic involved but yeah it was it it, it kind of it made me think how yes it, the the main crux a, a big crux of the story is like the love but like the fact that they are on the run by literally like two species and various hit people it's like well i could see you know somewhere because you know brian kevon has said that there's going to be 54 more issues and then that's going to be the end of the story it's like i could see somewhere along the way where marco or alana gets killed so it's mm -hmm. um i think this is not the time but it, it it'll be interesting um but yeah, since uh, we have the new issues started to come back and, you know, whether that's going to be over the next few years or however long, any big predictions for this next half? I think everyone's going to die. <laughs> Everyone except for Hazel is going to die. Yeah, I, I think honestly that's it. I mean, the narrating it does sound like it's from when she's a lot older yeah right so which and is it's, such an interesting device yeah it's it's her voice very cynical very dramatic yeah well um, like you said they're like oh and then that's why i didn't see my parents for years and it's like yeah what? Uh. And that's how our family <laughs> broke up or something and i'm like ah <laughs> yeah but then it's like okay like yes they were separated but then in the end i think that's why i feel hopeful because i'm like okay they do kind of set it up for that mislead or the misdirect but then 
you know, at the end, it's kind of a more of a romantic end. Yeah. So part of me is hopeful, but yeah, I do think everyone will die eventually. <laughs> and I do she think- ends up with Prince Robot's child. <laughs> well, okay, so they the way that they set it up is like that they're like brother and sister, they're like fighting, but I couldn't tell if it was like brother and sisterly love or like boy next door love. You know what I mean? I couldn't tell that part yet. Yeah, part of me is wondering, I think one of my predictions, and it's obviously not every character in a, in a story has to end up with a significant other, but I think just the the meaning behind that, where it's like someone, uh, someone who's a child of like Wreath and Landfall ending up with like a robot, you know, it's like these three worlds coming together and maybe that could be like the ultimate symbol of like you know hope for like maybe there'll be like a rebellion for other people who don't believe in the war and you know uh there'll be more than two sides yeah also okay that was another thing that really surprised me was like when robot prince four was like oh yeah by the way i'm fluid throwaway line like oh yeah by the way I'm I'm fluid like which is very real but also like I like he seems so like straight laced and like everything has to be in yeah. the box and like has to be like he seems very type a like you just want to give him a wedgie like okay <laughs> but there's he a lot of very- like there's a lot of like teases yeah there's teases that he's like gay uh because so like I th- I think the gimmick with like the robots is I think if they think of a certain thing you'll see it, it on the TV screen. Up. Yeah, like yes. they can't lie. They so can't like they'll lie. just straight up be scenes where like you see like a, a dude blowing another dude, um, or like you know like a gay orgy or something. And you're just like, oh what? You know like it's just like wait is he like subconsciously trying to hide that or you know whatever? But yeah, it's. <laughs> but also it's like I think it's. I think the fact that he like owns up to it and it's finally just like, okay, yeah, I am fluid, but I don't share that because, you know, obviously it's not anyone's right to know and it's his privacy, but also, yeah, his screen does not afford him any privacy. (laughs) Right. So it is, yeah, it is kind of interesting that like a robot that can't express emotion but also doesn't have the ability to filter or lie or yeah misdirect yeah well and And then if you think about that in people it's kind of interesting it's like have you ever met a person that cannot express things but also (laughs) They are so cannot express things like explicitly, but also is very genuine and cannot lie either. And it's it's very interesting. Like there are humans that are like that. <laughs> yeah. Well I'm like I, that sometimes. <laughs> I'm like, that's me. <laughs> right. Well, and 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 I think something that I wanna, you know, we, we've done a lot of complimenting of uh, Brian Kavon, but I also want to just shout out and, and just commend. I love Fiona Staples' art. 
um you know especially like i feel like robot and you know the will lion cat you know marco elena i feel like everyone has such distinct looks and you know all hot yeah all hot <laughs> every single one of them all hot all attractive uh, <laughs> <laughs> yes 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 <laughs> okay it's <laughs> easier it's easier to name who sandy won't sleep with when the one she will every, everyone in there is game like okay <laughs> Yeah, that, that's how the story <laughs> ends it just has like an ending like that sausage party seth rogan movie where it's just an orgy <laughs> everyone's attractive everyone's beautiful everyone's very hot <laughs> i feel like you're i feel like people are lying when they're like no i don't think no everyone is very beautiful in the in the story and the art the way that they're drawn they're very real they're i feel like everyone has a quality they're like oh yeah they kind of remind me of so and so yeah well <laughs> like, they seem familiar i was so excited there was this one i don't know what the commercial for let's just say it was for like a credit card or something uh and it showed it was like taco people, bell are, uh, taco so bell. is that the one where like there's people dressed like marco <laughs> yeah i think so okay <laughs> yeah taco. I was like, I understand that reference. You know? <laughs> I was like, wait a second. <laughs> Saga getting some love by Taco Bell. <laughs> hey, I mean, two of my loves together. So I'm uh, in there. I'm in there. I love it. Hell yeah. Well, uh, well, we could probably do this for hours, but uh, yeah. Uh, okay. yeah. We'll have to run out and read issue 55 soon. I don't know. I may yes. wait until it's a full volume. Um, and yeah, we'll definitely have you on the podcast again to talk about um, future stuff with Saga and maybe some other comics. Uh, before we go, Sandy, do you want to, any other final thoughts on Saga before you, you know, plug your stuff again? Go read it. Um, I think that the world is so beautiful and um, the characters are so fun and they are very real and also I feel like the way that they show women is super fun um, and super engaging and like really relatable and so I hope everyone falls in love with all these characters too and physically falling over them too. I mean, like, I get it. I'm there with you. You're not yeah. alone. <laughs> well, one thing that I'll say, uh, and I'm, yeah, I meant to say this earlier. Uh, so Brian Kibon has come out on record saying that he, he never wants this to be adapted, whether it's a TV wow. show or a movie. He wants this to be a comic because uh, I think that's something that we've often done. It's like, you know, oh, you should read the book. Ah, wait till there's a movie, you know, or like, mm -hmm. oh, go see the, the TV show. Like, and there's some faithful, some bad adaptations out there, but I like the idea of Saga only being a comic and this mm -hmm. story becoming so popular that it's like, okay, I can totally understand if you're not a comic book fan or, you, you know, not a, into that or that, the, the other, but if you want to, you know, engage with this awesome story that is so diverse and covers like every topic you can ever imagine but in a respectable professional way you got to read the comic and you know so I, I like like Sandy said go read it you know if there's a local comic book shop in your area go support a local comic shop one thing that I'll always say is most comic shops have like a 
top 10 to 20 like bestsellers or like the ones that are most popular right now. And for years, I've seen the first volume of Saga there. And I kept thinking, I'm like, huh, that is always always there. (laughs) I was like, that is always always here. Um, Because I think everyone jumps in at least for the first couple volumes. So also if you don't, you know, if you can't afford to purchase them, uh, if you have a public library card on Hoopla, it's all on there. So yeah. you don't even have to pay. You can just sign up for a library card for free and read all of them on your phone, like you don't, or on the computer. You don't have to um, buy them and buy the issues. Um, so I yeah. think there's like a really low barrier to entry for you to get into it. I think. Also, like if someone had described it as, oh, it's Star Wars meets Game of Thrones, I don't know if I would be as interested in it. Cause I'm, I think I'm more into like rom coms and like, you know, I'm into like fantasy and sci fi, but like, I don't, I think that I never really got into Star Wars. Don't hate me, but it's okay. <laughs> but I don't think I would have been as invested. But, um, well, what if you know, someone give it a shot? What if someone said, okay, to, to add on kind of like what we've said, it's Game of Thrones meets Star Wars meets Romeo and Juliet. I would describe it as Romeo and Juliet, if they had a family in a far off universe. Yeah, if, if they, lived, the, if they yeah. lived and they ran away from yeah. their families. Yeah, in a far off universe, what would happen? Yeah. What kind of hijinks would they get into? <laughs> well, there you go, guys. Um, so yeah, as we were saying, check it out in the library. If you're watching the video on YouTube, like you don't have to buy this gigantic chunk of the first 54 issues. Go get that first volume at the library or a local comic book shop. I guarantee, even if you don't pick up the whole series, you'll be entertained by that volume. So um, before we go here, Sandy, you want to go ahead and remind everyone where they can find you? Yeah, I'm at Instagram at... Hey, Sandy Lee. I um, also have a website that I do not update. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Sandy Lee.com if you want to look at some old pictures and old news. Um, but yeah, uh, hope to see you on the interwebs. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me. This is so much fun. Yeah, uh, I could talk thank about you so much for coming on, right? <laughs> <laughs> you made me you like opened my mind to so many other things and i'm like damn it sandy now i gotta read it again <laughs> I, I always i keep forgetting and then i like reread it again like yeah, this is so good right oh and man i forget it all over again so i hope everyone gets to enjoy it yeah yeah awesome well thank you so much for being on the podcast we'll definitely have you on again whether it's for this comic or other stuff um please go follow sandy lee and uh yeah until next time You know, have a good one.